Well, we're now in our last week on our series at Faith at Christmas. Oh, how sad, isn't it? That we're finishing up a series, but it's good. It's been a good series. We've been looking over the number of weeks. We've had five messages so far. Uh, we've started off with faith is more than a feeling, some, some groundwork stuff. Faith is not about the feelings that we have. It's about our active trust in who Jesus Christ is, what God has done for us. Faith is not about the size of our faith. It's about the object of our faith, and that is Jesus. We've looked at you know, how we have faith in a world that you know, is actually kind of actively working against the Christian faith now. In our secular society, they keep on saying, don't have faith. And so we explored what that meant for us. How can we maintain our faith in God when the world seems to be against us? In our third week, our third message we had, you know, how do we have faith in God's plan for your life? Our, our, what does God have for you? How can we understand that? And then how can we have faith in that and live that out? We've, we've had a look in our fourth week just before Christmas at the foundation of what our faith is, and that is faith in Jesus Christ brings salvation. Salvation is found in no other place than Jesus Christ. And on Christmas Day, we, ha- we explored faith at Christmas. How do we live out our faith in some practical ways? How do we live it out I- in a consumeristic society? How do we bring ourselves back into this time and this place where we can bring ourselves back to the message of Jesus Christ in the birth of Christ at Christmas? And all that Jesus did for us. Today we're going to wrap up our series on faith, um, faith at Christmas, by looking at one of the biggest questions that people have about faith, and that's how do we maintain our faith in God when the good times are gone, when things are hard? And let me be totally honest with you: faith can be really tough when it seems that life doesn't go your way, when things get in the way, when what you planned doesn't work out. You know, it actually sometimes seems completely downright unfair. And how can God let this happen? You know, at Christmas and, you know, family celebrations and things like that, it brings out the best of us but it also brings out the worst of us at times, doesn't it? And that's why we end our series with faith at Christmas when times are tough, when the presents have all been unwrapped, when everybody's gone away, when things may not be going right, we end it with you know, some words of positive hope for us. And I don't want this to be a downer. I want us to come out positive on this. You know, life is tough. And faith in Jesus is going to actually help you through that tough time. It's never been easy. Times you will be tested and your faith will be tested. You will question whether your faith is making a difference in your life. And let me say this, you know, questioning your faith is not necessarily a bad thing. But letting it slip and slide away without asking those questions is a bad thing. Now, you actually have to get a point in time when things are going hard to go, why is this happening? God, help me in this situation. You know, faith being tested 
is actually faith that is strengthened. And it's not blind faith, it's faith that has a firm foundation and trust. You, you know, you remember the parable about the wheats and the tares, about the, the sower sowing the seeds out into the fields and, and throwing the, the, the seed, which is the word of God, onto the ground and that some fell in good soil, some, some fell on the path and some fell in, you know, rocky ground and some fell with other weeds that grew up and, you know, it is a really a parable about our faith in God and often at times, you know, we, we may, and we go through all of those stages in our lives as well. There'll be times when, you know, it's thrown on the rocky ground. That's the hard places, the times when, you know, it doesn't seem to be spreading at all. And then there'll be times when it'll be thrown into the, you know, you'll be living a life when there's weeds around and, and it's hard to find the right one to call on because we've got so many competing things. But there'll be times when the seed is thrown onto fertile ground and it will just grow. See, I, lo- I love catching up with people and, and hearing some of their stories through their lives. And, you know, and I've had the privilege of, of talking with people who have no longer, are long, no longer with us but have shared some of their stories with me. And time and time again what I hear from, from these people is that even in the tough times, even when life was the hardest they could possibly have, their faith in Jesus brought them through. And it was those kind of things that we kind of want to celebrate. It, it's faith that has been tested, faith that has been found to be strong. It, it, it's, it's faith that's not found to be wanting. See, the thing is, you know, often in life, we realise that life is not fair, is it? But see, so often in life, we go through thinking that we have a privilege that life is always going to be good. We, we have an understanding that Bad things happen to other people, but good things happen to me. And how can it, how can something bad happen to us? How can something bad happen to Christians or to people who believe? You know, that's often the question that people grapple with. How can we have faith in God and yet something bad happens to us? Well, life is not always fair. And often the perception is that, you know, life is always going to be good is not a helpful one for us. We have a perception that life should always be fair, and the reality is it's not. And let, let me just go into the Bible for us to, to actually understand some of these things. See, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses uh, 19 through to 20, uh, verses 19 and 20, you know, Peter actually says that you will suffer unjustly. He also says you will suffer for doing good. Now, this doesn't sound like you know, life is fair. This is sounding like things that will, you know, be unfair at times. It doesn't seem right. It's frustrating. Our perception is that as Christians, we shouldn't suffer. But as, as we know, the reality is that we do. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 33. He said, in this world, you will have troubles. Or, or James tells us to consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of all any kinds. Or or in 2 Timothy 3, um, verse 12, Paul tells us everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. And and, and Peter agrees with him in in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, and it says, Dear friends, 
Do not be surprised at the painful trials you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. So he's saying, don't, don't think it's strange that bad things are going to happen. You know, life happens. Things are good, things are bad. How do we have faith when it's bad as opposed to when it's just good? How do we maintain our faith? in God, in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, when life doesn't seem fair? That's a big question, when the good times are gone. To help us answer that, I actually want to go into a section of the Christmas story that often gets skimmed over, um, and, and, but it has some important lessons for us that we can learn for us today. Um, and it's actually the story of Simeon and Anna. And it follows on from where we left off on Christmas Day, actually, in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 2. And and Simeon and Anna, um, these two people were waiting for God. It's a story of praise. It's a story of hardship. It's a story of waiting for God to fulfill a promise. It's a story of loss and waiting. See, both Simeon and Anna were, were elderly people. They had waited upon God and his promise of the Messiah. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to jump into the reading, I'm going to share it with you, and then I'm going to give you a couple of things that we get out of this reading for how we can have faith in the hard times. So from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through to 38, it says this, And and at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. Uh, He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, tradition says that, you know, he was an incredibly old man. Um, Some, you know, uh, sources say that he may have been 200 years old, but let's just say that, you know, the traditions, he was an old person waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled in his life. That day... The Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord Lord as the Lord required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to all nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Now, isn't that fantastic, you know, something to say over this, this young baby? It's a praise of who, who God is and, and the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him, that's about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and then said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Now, going from praise to you know, prophecy about who Jesus is and what's going to happen and, and the heartbreak that Mary's going to feel in there. That's, that's tough words. As this mum is presenting this you know, new baby 
to God because Jesus was the firstborn being presented to God. That's tough. Then Anna, a prophet, who was also there in the temple, she was the daughter of uh, Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years and then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. So she's been living with loss for all of those years. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just after, just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. She thanked, talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So here we have the, the story of, of Simeon and Anna. And how is this going to help us? What are the implications for our faith in Jesus Christ that will help us come through tough times? And the first implication is this. See, waiting for God to answer doesn't mean that God is not answering. So often what happens is people go, I prayed to God and I asked him to do something and they go, no response. And go, oh, well, God's not there because he didn't answer my prayer straight away or whatever it might be. See, waiting for God to answer is not the same as God not answering. It's not the same as God not being there. Waiting for God, and as we, we see in Simeon and both Anna, they waited and they waited and they waited for the promise of the Messiah. And it's not more than a day. It's more than... A week, it's more than a year, it's years upon years they waited. But you know what? They didn't let it go. Just because you wait doesn't mean God won't answer. Just because you wait doesn't mean God's not there. God is there. And see, what happens is the thing we need to do as we wait, we need to develop our spiritual hearing. So we need to actually develop and listen to what God is speaking and how we can hear that. So often we surround ourselves with noise and clatter and everything else and we don't listen for God. See, Simeon waited and in that waiting he continued to listen. Listen for God and you know what? When he heard the Spirit urging to go to the temple, what did he do? He went. So Simeon and Anna had been developing their spiritual hearing. They'd been developing the process of how do we hear God speak? And one of the things that we can do is to actually read the Bible, you know, God's word for us. We can pray and actually talk with God and and have those moments when not only do we talk, but we and we let God speak to us, either through images or words or what's written on the page in the Bible. We join with other believers and, and, and share with other believers. We, we praise and pray together. We worship together. This all helps us develop our spiritual hearing. The other thing that it does when we wait and we know that God will answer or is, is answering us, is we develop our spiritual hearing, but we also develop a life of praise. 
Do you know what Simeon and Anna both did? Their life was about praise. It was about continuing to praise God for who God is, continuing to, to lift God up in worship and prayer and, and praise together, adoration. So as we pray and we listen, we also need to develop a life of praise. Praise for who God is and what God has done. Praise for the gift of Jesus Christ. See, Simeon in his waiting, Anna in her life of living with the loss of her husband, they both didn't succumb to bitterness and being twisted because of that. See, I, I do meet people around the place. And some of them, because things haven't gone their way, what happens is they get really bitter and caught up in what's not happened, in how it hasn't worked out, and they get twisted and bitter in all of this, and it becomes something that holds them back, and they just don't have a life where they can praise. And they, they wonder why, because they can't praise Jesus Christ, they can't praise who God is, they, they wonder why God's not speaking to them, because there's not a sense of praise coming out of them. See, both Simeon and Anna, they embraced a life of praise and worship in who they were. But see, the full thing for us that we can get out of this is that, that we know that even though hardship will happen, that God is still Lord and Saviour. Now, so often we want to link cause and effect in this. Things happen, but when we trust and when we have faith in God, even though life will become unfair, we know that God can rise above all of those things, and God has. We know that God is the Lord of the universe, the saviour of all of humankind, and in that, we actually place our trust. We actually put that trust into action because of who Jesus is. Because God is bigger than all of our hardships. You know, that's the joy of this. Even though we may have some hard times, and some of us have got really hard stuff, some of us have got not so hard stuff. But God is bigger than all of our hardships. And this is when we actually cycle all the way back to the week one in our series where we actually remind ourselves that it's not the size of our faith. It's not how big our faith is. It's about who we have placed our faith in that matters. See, it's not because we've got faith in God that God saves the world. It's because God has saved the world that we have faith. We want our faith to grow and increase, but that doesn't make what God has done any bigger or smaller. God has done it. God is bigger than our problems, our issues. It's going to be hard, let me say this, when you face tough times. But what we need to do is be able to reaffirm, reassure ourselves that God is actually bigger than all of those things. And as we meet together, as we talk and praise together, we'll hear what God has done and continues to do. See, when you've got other people saying God has done this or is working in here, 
we can see that God is at work. And when we have faith, we can trust that God will work. And our answer may not be there yet. But it is coming. We realise that God is bigger than all of our issues. Now, when we, um, Kerry and Caleb and myself were at a conference um, earlier this year, uh, we heard a song that became the song of the conference, which is a song called Waymaker. Um, it's been made popular by Leland and Michael W. Smith. Um, but what I want to do, and, and we're going to learn and sing the song later on next year, so it's, I've already put that out for the worship team. We're going to do that. Kerry's going to be really happy about that, by the way. Um, she's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a favourite song at the moment, so... And it's actually one of the big songs, um, if you have a look at the CCLI charts as well. Um, but it has a few things and lines that I want us to hear because they help us understand. Um, and it speaks into this whole thing. How do we have faith in, in when the t- good times are gone? And, and, and let me just put it up on the screen. See, he, he, verse 1. Um, you are here moving in a midst. So this is talking about God. And I worship you. You are here working in this place, and what's our response? I worship you. You know, this is what Simeon and Anna did. They, they, they knew that God was here, and they worshipped. The chorus that we have is that, you know, that God, you are the way maker. You make way for things. You are the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Light in the darkness. My God, this is who you are. So in our darkness, God is the light of things. You are here that are touching every heart. You are here healing every heart. You are here turning lives around. You are here mending every heart. Because that is who you are, Lord. And I love the bridge. The bridge really gets it for me. Because this is actually the crux of the matter for us. And the bridge says this. Even when I don't see it, you are working. What a statement. Even when I don't feel it, you are working because you never stop. You never stop working. And this is, this is a statement about who God is. This is a statement of faith that even in the hard times, even when I don't see it, God, you are working in my life. You are working in the world. Even when I don't feel it, Lord, you are working. What a wonderful way to start to change our behavior and our understanding, yes, when life will be tough. There will be tough times, but we need to be able to take that stance and saying, even if I don't see it, even if I don't feel it, I know, God, that you are working in our lives. What a wonderful, important message for us to take away, and how great that we can sing that. Um, So we're going to learn that song in the the next couple of months, and we're going to start singing that as part of our praise to help us um, get a life of praise and worship. So let's just pray together. Let's just wrap this up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to leave a space. I'm going to leave a pause for you to pray into this situation for yourselves. Now, I don't know where your life is situated at the moment. Um, there might be some good points. There might be some hard points. But, Lord, we just ask that you are with each of these people, people going through great times and people going through hard times. Lord, we just pray that you would be with them now. So, Lord God, we ask that you lead us so that we may know what it means to really trust that you will answer our prayers, that you will be there for us. 
Help us to, to hear deeply from you. Help us to develop spiritual hearing so we can hear your voice in our lives. Help us to have a life of praise, even when it is hard. And Lord, if we are facing hardship, if we are living a life where the good times have gone and it's difficult, help us to know that you are Lord and Saviour and that you are bigger than all of our problems, all of our hardships. And Lord, even if we don't see it, we know that you are working. Even if we don't feel it, we know that you are working. Oh Lord, hear what we are saying now, ourselves, as we take this moment to make our prayers, our personal prayers to you, a part of this. If it is difficult time for you, ask God to be in that moment. If it's a time when you are going well, praise God for who that is and what is happening. Let us just come and pray together. Oh, Lord God, you hear our prayers. We know that. Lord, speak to us today. Speak to us so that we may know that we may have faith. Faith in you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith that you are our Lord and Saviour. Oh, Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.